Hey, Scott and John here with Bible Mysteries. We want to thank you for being a listener, but we'd love to invite you to become a subscriber. Absolutely. This will only help us to expand the amount of people that we're able to reach and show the secrets in the Bible that the world doesn't want you to know about. That's right, John. And if you subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast, you get some great benefits. Access to every current episode, the full thing, even with our interviews and any special events we do. Plus, we have downloadable show notes. We have our community forum and Slack that you can join. And we have our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter. So for just $7 a month, you can help support us get the word out and defeat the satanic global elite. To subscribe, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com. Thanks again for listening and enjoy the episode. Welcome to Bible Mysteries. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? You're listening to episode 132, Things Under the Earth. Now here are your hosts, Scott and John. Welcome back to Bible Mysteries Podcast. I'm Scott Mitchell. And I'm John Potts. And this is the show that talks about things in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know. And now we're going to talk about things that we're going to dig into the Bible to see if it has anything to say. Okay. About things under the earth. Uh Uh-oh. You know? Okay. Um, we're going to ask, we're going to talk about if it's true that there might be something called dumbs. Have you heard of the dumbs? Uh, I have started hearing that term lately about underground military bases, right? Mm-hmm. Deep underground military base. Is yeah. that correct? That's what yeah. that stands for? Okay. And uh, when I went to BlurryCon, um, Timothy Alberino was the guest that brought that up again. And uh-huh. um, I've also watched uh, the Y Files, and they talk about some of that. Okay. There's a lot of people that claim to have had experiences under there. And, um, you know, how much of that is true, I don't know. Yeah. But we're going to dive in to see if the scripture could give the possibility that such a thing could exist. Wow. Yeah. So. Well, uh, we recently interviewed L.A., Marjorie. Yep. You asked him the question, didn't you? I'm going by memory, but didn't you ask him <clears throat> what he thinks on that? And he was like, absolutely, they're there. I did. He yeah. is absolutely convinced, L.A. is, that there are deep underground military bases. And as a matter of fact, when we interviewed the abductee, Karen uh, Wilkinson. Yeah. Uh, her testimony of being abducted was not being taken up in a flying yeah. saucer. She but said it was like a cavern. It was like something. a train yeah. going into the ground. She's convinced she was going to a dumb. Huh. Uh, and uh, I believe her. Wow. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I think she, and she may be working on some, I know she's working on a book and some research yeah. is going to be going into that too. So we'll, we're going to have her back. Definitely. And she's ready to talk about that and, and has some uh, work on, on that to reveal. So we're very grateful that she would share that with us. But anyway, we're going to just dive right in today. Uh, We're going to thank our uh, seekers, our premium subscribers, Kim S., Kim T., and Daniel D., who are the sponsors of today's program, this episode. And uh, as we want to remind all of you, if you are not yet subscribers, we would encourage you to think about joining 
uh, and being a part of this so you can access all the bonus content, including the full interview episodes because, you know, yeah. our, our non-subscribers only get to see a portion of the interviews that we do. Yeah. Yeah. But subscribe just because it's a ministry and you want to support the ministry. Yeah. You know? So yeah. we're, we're working to get the word out and we need the support. And the more support we get, the more we're going to get the word out. Absolutely. We're going to do our best to get the truth out. You know, we're getting such great feedback, John. We just did uh, Coast to Coast with George Norrie. Yeah. And that show's a, been a real blessing. Oh, it really has. This was our, so I'm a five-time guest, uh -huh. fifth time. And uh, I'm George is so gracious to let me talk about Absolutely. whatever I want yeah. to. And then the people that respond afterwards are usually very positive and saying, wow, uh, you know, you're you're making the the this all seem to make sense. Yeah. Know? So we're we don't talk about UFOs and um, giants and things like that because it's just speculative fun. We're trying to point yeah. people in the direction of Jesus Christ with this because this is what this is all coming to a head over his return yeah you know and a battle that's going to take place between the fallen angels and their nephilim offspring and deceived mankind to literally fight against the lord yeah so you don't want to be a part of that you want to be on the winning side well. so are there deep underground military bases in the united states john that's the question. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he says there are. There definitely got to be are. one out there in Roswell, right? They yeah. won't let anybody go in there. <laughs> Timothy Alberino says there are. Are these dark budget military, quote unquote, alien joint ventures working in cooperation to bring about the coming deception? Yeah. I mean, it certainly seems like a perfect place to do so in the dark, in the secret places. Mm -hmm. I, I'm reminded of when, um, I think it's Ezekiel, but it was one of the prophets they kept being brought, I'll show you worse things than this. I'll show you worse things than this. Okay. They kept going deeper and deeper into the rabbit hole, you know, uh -huh. and seeing abominations of, of worshiping of gods. And so we're going to kind of do that today. We're going to kind okay. of dig deep. Let's do it. <laughs> no pun intended. Everything. Because, um, uh, and, you know, some people think there's a underground ancient civilizations. Yeah. Uh, when we talked about that uh, um, paper written by Dr. Putoff. Uh, mm -hmm. about ultra-terrestrials, and possibly they dwell in the, in the caverns of the earth. But we all want to know is would the Bible have anything to say about underground entities or subterranean fallen angels? So let's explore the Word okay. of God, see what we can find, starting in Philippians chapter 2. Now I want to start here because this is Paul referring to the Lord himself being glorified by everything at some point in the future, okay. even those that oppose him. And so we'll start reading in verse 5, let this mind be in you, Philippians 2, let this mind be in you, which also is in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal of God, another passage showing the divinity of Christ, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross." So this is a reference to Jesus Christ lowering himself from being God Almighty yeah. to being made like a man for the purpose of dying, suffering the death of the cross. And, of course, he was raised again, verse 9. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus Christ, now watch this, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. Hmm. 
That's and interesting. That every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So things under the earth, I, pick, I think of things in heaven as the angels. Yeah. Just, you know, the angelic general. realm. Yeah. I think things in the earth as humanity. Yeah. But things under the earth, the same word, things. I bet you I've read that 20 times <laughs> and I never thought about that. I know. Things well, under the earth. <laughs> so evidently there are things under the earth that will bow the knee and give praise to Jesus Christ, calling him Lord. Hmm. So we want to delve into who that is. Are we just talking about deceased people? Because is he saying okay, that everybody yeah. that's dead in hell is going to bow the knee to the Lord? I mean, what would be the point anyway? They're going to hell, you know. Yeah. But maybe there's something to that. But, but what are, about people that have died and are saved? They would be. They would not be in. They'd be in heaven. They wouldn't be in a. I don't even know what you call it. What do they call that? Abraham's bosom? Yes. And that's a great point, John, because it could be referring to them as well. Okay. And, you know, a lot of people think that when Christ rose from the dead, he emptied Abraham's bosom and took them up to heaven. I'm not so sure that's true. I believe they might still be there waiting for the resurrection to go into the land of Israel. You know? Yeah. But whatever it is, we'll look at the phrase under the earth. Okay. In, in Greek, it's katakthanios, if I'm saying that right. In a Sean's concordance, it means subterranean. So that's under the earth, literally subterra, okay. under the earth. And they say it refers to those who dwell in the world below. And then they say departed souls. Okay. Well, someone dwells in the world below. Is it only departed souls or hmm. could it be other entities? And it could be, in, in fact, demoniac creatures. And it was, to me, this is a little bit more evidence of demons occupying the realm of what we call aliens. Okay. And that maybe that? where they come from is literally under the earth and not from other planets. Hmm. It's a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. So go to Revelation 5. In Revelation chapter 5, we're going to look in verse 11. And remember, when Ryan Peterson was here for our summit, we focused a lot of attention on the seven seals yes. of this book. And this is one of them, verse 5 and uh, 11, I beheld and uh, uh, I heard the voice. Uh, this is one of the seals, excuse me. This is the scene in heaven before the seals are opened. Okay. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. So those are angels in heaven. Imagine wow. that number. Yeah. Saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the lamb forever and ever. Now this is a, you know, this passage is interesting because where Ryan's concerned and I agree with him, this scene took place the minute Jesus Christ arose to the Father. Okay. Ascended up, you know, because he then takes the book out of the hand and then he opens the seals. Uh, but at that moment in time, whenever it was, we see that there are people under the earth giving praise and glory and praise. And that could have been hmm. the people in Abraham's bosom. Okay. So they're somewhere contained in the earth. Now, they are departed souls but they're still human beings that are going to be resurrected yeah. in physical bodies. 
So these creatures under the earth can sing and speak praise unto God. Uh, they must then be sentient, mm-hmm. intelligent, and either departed souls or something else. Uh, in other words, he even says, and such as are in the sea. Yeah. Now, what is in the sea? And people don't live in the sea. Yeah. Or, and, and is he just referring to like the Gentile nations? But that's covered with on the earth. Yeah. So such as are in the sea. And, and it could be, is there something about that? I don't know. Uh, but we even see these UFOs. Some of them are called um, aquatic. There's a term for it. Yeah, but they're flying underwater. Yeah, and they and I think they seem to move with some sort of a, their own created gravity field. Yeah. So no medium hinders them. Yeah. Water. They can move just as fast through the water as through space. That's wild, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So could could there be some allusion to that? Because even if they are fallen angels and satanic entities, they're going to bow the knee. Yeah. And they're going to confess. It, it's going to be forced of them to say, they're going to have to admit it. You think about the defeat of them when the Lord returns. Hmm. That's one of the ways that they acknowledge, you know. And the Bible says that the devils uh, believe in God and they tremble at the thought of him because hmm. they know he's Lord of heaven and earth. You know, they're afraid of him. Now go with me to Job 28. There's an interesting reference that Job makes here. Job is right before the book of Psalms. The oldest book in the Bible, as we understand it. Job is the oldest book mm-hmm. in the Bible? Yeah, okay. supposedly written before any of the law of Moses. And in Job 28, verse 5, he says, As for the earth, out of it cometh bread, and under it is turned up as it were fire. And the stones of it are the place of sapphires, and it hath dust of gold. And I'm just interested in that phrase, under it is turned up as it were fire. So there appears to be, it could be an acknowledgement of hell or Sheol. Yeah. It could be an acknowledgement of um, something else, uh, because it's a metaphor turned up as it were fire. And we do believe there's flames in hell. We'll see that later in Luke 16. Yeah. But um, there appears to be something under the earth that's related to fire. If we go to Exodus chapter 20, and we looked at this also when we discussed the sins of the Father, and we were focused on the thing of God visiting the iniquity of the fathers, right, upon the children. But if we go to Exodus 20, verse 4, we read, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, like the angels, or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Now, you could say the earth beneath is just the earth itself below heaven, so it yeah, could be everything yeah. on it, the animals, the trees, the people. But um, Or that is in the water under the earth. So there's water under the earth, apparently. Yeah. And we talk about the fountains of the great deep being opened up. Mm-hmm. So if there's fire, which implies heat, and there's water, then could something exists that's not just departed souls. Hmm. And there seems to be some idea. Uh, and obviously, if you can build deep underground military bases, they can exist as deep as they need to go, assuming they have advanced technology to create uh, such a facility. Yeah. And from what I've read and understood, they're even interconnected by maglev train rails. 
that crisscross underground. Wow. Yeah, that kind of blows my mind as more amazing technology than, than the other, you know. Now, we don't know that any of this is telling us that there's actual sentient beings that are physical living underground. Okay. Uh, but we know there's underground military bases. Okay. You know, so that's not a secret. But are there secret underground, deep underground military bases that are somehow in collusion with disembodied spirits? Yeah. That might be housed in containers like Greys or something, you hmm. know, as L.A. speculates they yeah. are, you know. Yeah. Uh, and Karen, too. Um, go with me to Proverbs 15. Psalms, Proverbs, chapter 15, notice verse 24. The way of life is above to the wise that he may depart from hell beneath. The Lord will destroy the house of the proud, but he will establish the border of the widow. So I find it interesting... Hmm. We see hell is beneath, so we know it's below the surface, Yeah. right? Somehow in the interior of the earth. And notice the reference to the proud there. Now, is that the proud in hell, the proud beneath the earth somehow, or the proud just in general? Well, interesting thought, because there's going to be something about the proud that's going to come back into the picture that we're going to tie into the giants. Oh, okay. Which, when they died according to the book of Enoch, became the disembodied spirits yeah, or the devils, right? Unclean spirits. So keep that thought in mind as we go to Isaiah 14. So if hell is beneath, then we get an even more graphic visual when we talk about Lucifer. Lucifer is equated to um, the king of Babylon in okay. Isaiah 14. And in verse 9, it says... Hell from beneath is moved for thee to meet thee at thy coming. And and I think, to be honest with you, that Lucifer is the anointed cherub. Yeah. But he's had types throughout the Bible of men or Nephilim. Okay. And that, you know, as Ryan Pearson talks about the Antichrist is the, the reemergence of Apollo. Mm -hmm. And he's not the only one. There's other authors that have written about this. Yeah. Uh, and that um, Apollyon, mm -hmm. the destroyer, it, it could be something tied to that. But we're going to see some connection between trees and the giants, thinking of trees as being tall. Mm -hmm. Right. In okay. fact, if we back up to verse 8. Yea, the fir trees rejoice at thee, and the cedars of Lebanon, saying, Since thou art laid down, no feller is come up against us. The word feller is, is like a lumberjack, somebody okay. who fells oh, trees. Okay. Yeah. And it's not southern for fella. <laughs> no feller has come against us. I was like, that's kind of a redneck term for the, for the Bible to use, that feller over there. <laughs> well, this was translated in southern Israel. Right? <laughs> so... um. He says, hell from beneath is moved for thee to meet thee at thy coming. It stirreth up the dead for thee, even all the chief ones of the earth. Talking about proud. Mm -hmm. It hath raised up from their thrones all the kings of the nations. And they shall speak and say unto thee, art thou also become weak as we? Art thou become like unto us? Thy pomp is brought down to the grave and the noise of thy viols or violins. The worm is spread under thee, and the worms cover thee. And then he goes on to talk about Lucifer. But I want you to notice that the, the dead are in hell, and they're conscious, and they're yeah. awake. Yeah. 
And they're, they're saying, oh, look at you. You've come down to join us. You're no better than we were. You know, on the earth, maybe you thought you were something. Yeah. But now you're brought down just like us, right? And so let's look at this analogy of trees. Okay. Uh, and I think it's, uh, no, it's not yet. Uh, we're going to find it later in Ezekiel, but we'll come back to the trees. Go to Jeremiah 31. I want to do this first. Thus saith the Lord, which giveth the sun for a light by day, and the ordinances of the moon, and of the stars for a light by night, which divideth the sea when the waves thereof roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. Remember, hosts is armies. Yeah. If those ordinances depart from before me, saith the Lord, then the seed of Israel also shall cease from being a nation before me forever. While they may be not my people right now, as the Lord returned to his place and waits their confession, he will never break the covenant that he made with them okay. to restore them and make them his people again. Verse 37, thus saith the Lord, if heaven above can be measured and the foundations of the earth searched out beneath, I will also cast off all the seed of Israel for all that they have done, saith the Lord, which implies the heaven can't be measured and the foundations can't be searched out. But there are foundations beneath the earth. Hmm. So God constructed it in such a way it would make sense. There's a cavity. When you think of a foundation like a house with a basement, that's what comes to my yeah. mind. Yeah. So the basement can be used to contain something. And I, I realize a foundation can be a slab. Yeah. But I don't believe the earth is flat. You know, I believe there's a foundation within it, and in the core are these things. In fact, there's three compartments that we know of, hmm. and we've talked about that in, at some length in the past. Go with me to Amos chapter 2. You have to direct me where Amos is. Amos is after Daniel, Hosea, Joel. Oh, there it is. And then Amos. And we want verse 9. Yet destroyed I the Amorite before them. Now, the Amorite is a reference to one of the tribes of the giants. Okay. And he even says so. I destroyed the Amorite before them, whose height was like the height of the cedars. We just read about cedars mm -hmm. of Lebanon. And he was strong as the oaks. Yet I destroyed his fruit from above and his roots from beneath. Now, so you'll mm. notice the Amorites had roots beneath, fruit from above, roots beneath. Is this just saying trees? Or is the metaphor referring to something more than just trees? The Amorite was a giant. Yeah. Likened unto trees. Not the only reference to giants and trees. Now we'll go to Ezekiel 31. So you'll back up a few pages to the left there. I got to get in the right chapter. I was in 37. <laughs> 31. 31. And it came to pass, verse 1, in the 11th year, in the third month, in the first day of the month, that the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, that's Ezekiel, speak unto Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Do you ever think that maybe the first Pharaoh could have been a giant Nephilim? You know? Yeah. Before the, the ancient Egyptian culture inherited yeah. what they built before the flood of Noah, you know. Uh, but anyway, he says... And to his multitude, Pharaoh, and to whom art thou like in thy greatness? So he's going to compare Pharaoh to something okay. in your greatness. And he says, verse 3, behold, the Assyrian. Okay, well, Assyria is another country, right? Or could it be we're talking about before the flood? Yeah, okay. Behold, the Assyrian was a cedar in Lebanon, 
with fair branches and with a shadowing shroud. Notice the cedar tree, always the cedar. Hmm. And with a shadowing shroud and of a high stature. The Assyrian was of a high stature. It's a man, it's a person that's like a cedar tree um, with a, and of a high stature and his top was among the thick boughs. Mm -hmm. The waters made him great. The deep set him up on high with her rivers running about her, about his plants and sent out her little rivers unto all the trees of the field. And so maybe when he was talking about the, the waters underneath and when we just read uh, in Ezekiel, the roots beneath being watered, could that be a reference to like the nations bringing their tribute to these Nephilim kings oh, that wow. ruled okay. over them, you know, yeah. right? Because people and nations are referred to as waters okay. in the Bible. Verse 4, the waters made him great, and the deep set him up on high, with the rivers running around about his plants, and sent out her little rivers unto all the trees of the field. Therefore his height was exalted above all the trees of the field, and his boughs were multiplied, and his branches became long because of the multitude of waters when he shot forth. All the fowls of heaven made their nests in his boughs, and that could be a reference to angels, fallen angels. Okay. And under his branches did all the beasts of the field bring forth their young, and under his shadow dwelt all great nations. Thus was he fair in his greatness, and the length of his branches, for his root was by great waters. The cedars in the garden of God could not hide him. The fir trees were not like his boughs, and the chestnut trees were not like his branches. Notice the garden of God is Eden. Yeah. Could this be a reference to Eden, uh, whether uh, in the time of the, the, the giants of Genesis 6? Okay. You know, yeah, yeah. Could be. Uh, nor any tree in the garden of God was like unto him in his beauty, the implying that they he shot up above God's people, mm -hmm. God's angels, if you will, or something. I've made him fair by the multitude of his branches, so that all the trees of Eden that were in the garden of God envied him. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, because thou hast lifted up thyself in height, and he hath shot up his top among the thick boughs, and his heart is lifted up in his height, I have therefore delivered him into the hand of the mighty one of the heathen. He shall surely deal with him. I have driven him out for his wickedness. Hmm. And strangers of the terrible of the nations, strangers the terrible of the nations have cut him off and have left him upon the mountains and in all the valleys his branches are fallen and his boughs are broken by all the rivers of the land and all the people of the earth are gone down from his shadow and have left him. Almost like there was a rebellion. And I think in the flood... That, that, that's what happened, too, that they fought, they warred against each other. Yeah. Humans alongside of Nephilim, you know. Verse 13, upon his ruin shall all the fowls of the heaven remain. This appears to be one particular giant and kingdom that was above all the rest. It could be referring to something like Atlantis, hmm. for all we know. Wow. And all the beasts of the field shall be upon his branches, to the end that none of all the trees by the waters exalt themselves for their height neither shoot up their top among the thick boughs, neither their trees stand up in their height. All the drink water, for they are all delivered unto death to the nether parts of the earth. That's hmm. where these things went. Their bodies, you know. Mm -hmm. In the okay. midst of the children of men with them that go down to the pit. I believe this is what took place in Genesis of the flood. Wow, okay. Yeah. Thus saith the Lord God, in the day when he went down to the grave, I caused a mourning, I covered the deep for him, and I restrained the floods. 
thereof, and the great waters were stayed. And I caused Lebanon to mourn for him, and all the trees of the field fainted for him. I made the nations to shake at the sound of his fall when I cast him down to hell with them that descend into the pit. And all the trees of Eden, the choice and best of leaven, and all the drink water shall be comforted in the nether parts of the earth. <laughs> and I think that's tongue-in-cheek. They're not going to take real comfort. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They also went down into hell with them, unto them that be slain with the sword, and they that were his arm, that dwelt under his shadow in the midst of the heathen. To whom art thou thus like in glory and in greatness among the trees of Eden, Pharaoh? Yet shalt thou be brought down with the trees of Eden unto the nether parts of the earth. Thou shalt lie in the midst of the uncircumcised with them that be slain by the sword. This is Pharaoh, and all his multitude, saith the Lord God. So it's clearly pronounced against Pharaoh, but he's saying, if I can take care of the giants, I can take care of you. Yeah. You think you're something? You inherited all this from your former gods that you worship that I destroyed. I can destroy you too. Mm. Yeah. Wow. That's a picture. So the Assyrian may be a reference to the original Nephilim that may be the Apollo okay. in the bottomless pit. Or a type and he, who, and he was a pharaoh? Uh, it, it could have been like the first pharaoh. Yeah. The ones that the giant statues are made for. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And he'll, his type will be fulfilled in the Antichrist. Mm -hmm. But giants are likened unto tall trees, and they all descended into the pit. So I think mm -hmm. they're gonna, they went down through the flood, and they were destroyed. There was war. They fought. Humans killed them. They killed each other. And then the flood came and destroyed the rest. Hmm. You know? And so could current demonic activity be centered in the earth? Because if these are the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim, they want to be near their father's. Yeah. And where are their fathers who are the fallen angels? Well, they're in the pit. Yeah, they're in the pit. Yeah. And the dead bodies of these individuals were there too. And we get a glimpse into the earth beneath. We've seen a few things. Water, fire, uh, the dead mm -hmm. are there, and foundations are there, right? So if we go to Luke 16, and we've done a whole series about the Hades and uh, the underworld in the past. But we're just going to refresh our listeners' memory, or maybe some of our listeners are brand new. And Jesus tells a story which, it's called the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. I don't believe it's a parable. When Jesus said it was a parable, he would say, the kingdom of heaven is like. Uh -huh. Something is like. Hear a parable of the sower in the field. He didn't say this was a parable. You think this is an actual story? This is an actual really story. Happened. Verse 19, there was a certain rich man. That was clothed in purple and fine linen, fared sumptuously every day. I believe that person mm -hmm. lived. Okay. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus. There aren't given names in parables. Which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So he's in a bad state. Yeah. It came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom, just what you referred to earlier. Yeah. Okay. The rich man also died and was buried, and in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. So there's two compartments in the underworld. Hell, where this man is burning, and Abraham's bosom, where Lazarus is comforted. And you can see one to the other. Yeah, look at the next verse. He cried and said, Father, verse 24, Father Abraham, I think this rich man was a Jew. Have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. 
Hi, if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider being a full-time subscriber. We are going to use these funds to expand the message and get the word out about what's in the Bible that the world doesn't want you to know about. That's right, John. We appreciate you listening, but we'd love it if you'd subscribe. That way we can reach more people with the time we have left. So enjoy the rest of the podcast, but think about subscribing if the Lord puts it on your heart. To subscribe, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com. Thanks. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. So he's in flames. Lazarus is comforted. And then watch verse 26. Beside all this, between us and you, there's a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. What is this great gulf? Could it be the pit or bottomless pit? Hmm, okay. The abyss of, yeah. yeah, where the fallen angels are. And I think it probably is, and it can see them, you know, if he could see each other in hell and Abraham's bosom or paradise. Yeah. And they could see the great gulf fixed. Now, we know who's in that place, if it is the abyss, because we go to Second Peter chapter 2. That would be the fallen angels? Absolutely. Okay. Because I'm speculating uh, if demons are working in cahoots with government or not, but they're based underground, wouldn't it make sense that they want to be close to have direction from their fathers? Yeah. They're deceased, get chained the marching fathers. orders. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe not deceased, but chained up in the pit. Yeah. So we see that in Second Peter chapter 2, verse 4. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell. So we know they're beneath the earth. Mm-hmm. And deliver them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. And spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. And we just read about that in the cedars. Mm-hmm. You know, those giants that were destroyed, the offspring of the sons of God. So if the angels that sinned, I believe, are the sons of God of Genesis 6, their sin was the genetic manipulation yeah. of mankind. They they spread they had offspring that were giants. Their punishment is chains underground in hell. If aliens are in fact the disembodied spirits of the dead offspring okay. of the fallen angels, the Nephilim. Yeah. And they're working abducting people, genetic manipulation is still taking place. Yeah. Absolutely. Under the direction of the chained fathers, maybe the deep underground military bases are humans working in conjunction with that to facilitate it wow. in secret until you go because they needed permission because man was given dominion of the earth. Then we're going to get into that whole thing of Eisenhower in 1954. Yeah. And could that be true? As several of our guests believe it, they are. Look at June chapter one. There's another passage that refers to the exact same thing. It gives us a little bit more information. Jude 1, verse 6. And it's funny how in verse 5, there's a reference to the Egypt was destroyed, the land of Egypt, when he delivered people out of Egypt. Who ran Egypt? Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. Egypt okay. is a type of, it's called the furnace in the Bible. Really? Yeah. And so it's a type, it could be a type of the world, a type of the unbelieving world. It could be a type of the underworld. Hmm. They were obsessed with the dead, the Egyptians, yeah. you know. 
And then look at verse 6. And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation. Fallen angels. Yeah. He hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness, under the judgment of the great day. These angels await judgment. And I, I think that likely the judgment is the wrath of God, where they'll be released for a time to be a part of God's judgment on the earth. Okay. To be the ones afflicting it. We know they're released in Revelation 9. Okay. Just flip a few pages over. Revelation chapter 9, verse 1. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth. And to him was given the key to the bottomless pit. Ryan Peterson thinks it's Satan. I agree with him. Okay. To release the fallen angels that are yeah. chained down there? And wow. the key could be CERN. Maybe that's all about opening yeah. a portal to the underworld. Yeah. You know, and it's buried underground, hmm. isn't it? Verse 2, and he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit as the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given power as the, power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree. You know why? Because they all believe in climate change. <laughs> I was like, what? I was all right. You, you caught me with that one because I was just like, they're all what are you they're all leftist globalists because <laughs> they're afraid of global warming, you know. So they don't want to hurt the trees. <laughs> but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads, and to them it was given that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented five months. And their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he striketh the man. And we think that's because they took the mark of the beast hmm. and they can't die. AI, longevity, eternal life through technology. Yeah. That's what they're shooting for, the oligarchs, the satanic global elite. Verse 6, In those days shall men seek death and shall not find it, and shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. And then he goes on to describe these entities. So the angels that sin are in the pit. That's who's going yeah. to be released here, to be these locust-like things when God pours his judgment upon the earth. So it's interesting to think that God turns the tables. Men are worshiping these fallen angels mm -hmm. as gods. They're going to turn around and, and afflict them and, and attack them. Wow. You know? Could, could you deduct from this passage that Satan does not have the ability to go into the pit <clears throat> yeah. at, at his own will? At because present. he needs a key. Yeah, at present, which could be CERN or something else. Yeah. You know? But it's yeah. um, it's worth considering that the demonic disembodied Nephilim offspring or demons mm -hmm. are working in close proximity to their fathers yeah. in the pit to bring about this coming insurrection against the Lord. Hmm. Maybe that's what the reason they're going underground or they've been dwelling underground if it's true that they're in Antarctica or, or something. Yeah. You know, and we see them sometimes come up out of the water. You know, maybe they're not extra well, Perhaps. So I would imagine if, if the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim are working hand in hand with the fallen angels. The fallen angels are bound, right? Yeah. And there's but, other but, fallen, but fallen sounds, angels that are not bound. But too. under this uh, hypothesis, what we're saying is that they are able to possibly communicate with them to get their marching orders, right? Oh, yeah. So then Satan may be able to go down there and talk to them as well to probably give them the grand plan. I don't know, but... Well, he, they, they can communicate with all of them because of all the fallen angels... Only a portion are in the pit. Yeah. Satan and his angels are free to roam around too. Yeah. Well, yeah. So they're all they're all tied together. Yeah. Okay. 
There's yeah. two of them, 200 of them that are restrained. That, that we know of. Okay. Yeah, that we know of. And if you look in chapter 6 real quick, okay. um, we see, and now this is getting back to where I thought we were going to go a few minutes ago when I talked about Ryan talking about the seven seals. When the sixth seal is opened in Revelation 6, 12, watch what it says. I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood, and the stars of heaven fell into the earth. Hmm. Hmm. Angels, yeah. fallen angels. Even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs, when she is shaken of a mighty wind, and the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places, and the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains. Hmm. Deep underground bases, man. Yeah. And said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? So as Ryan Peterson pointed out, there's going to come a time when this earthquake happens, and it's the seal, it's the seal that hasn't been opened yet. Yeah. And that when this earthquake occurs, it's so violent, and we're going to read about the violence in a moment, that it exposes the fact that the Lord is coming. It's almost as though... The angels are going to uh, come down and work their deception if, if it is the UFO phenomenon. Yeah, yeah. Then it's going to be revealed somehow that the Lord is coming back. They're going to see the Son of Man coming, and they're going to fear, and they're going to say, hide us from him. And they're going to seek the fallen angels to be their protectors from the Lord. Okay. That's why mankind's going to fight against Jesus Christ, because mm-hmm. they're going to partner with these guys. I think this is all... In the mystery of iniquity now. It's yeah. in cahoots, you know. So it leads credence to this earthquake seems to be intended. It could be the thing that unleashes these entities from hell. You know, if it's okay. not CERN. Maybe CERN creates the earthquake. I don't know. Oh, yeah. And maybe that's the key. And then it leads to the battle against Jesus Christ. Hmm. Now, to to kind of get to a point where we can start to wrap this up, I told you about how bad this earthquake is going to be. Let's go read the details in Isaiah 24. And for those that worry about the warming of the planet, they should be worried about this. Uh oh. Okay. Sea levels are going to rise big time. And it's not because of carbon. <laughs> <laughs> Look at verse 1 of Isaiah 24. Behold, the Lord maketh the earth empty and maketh it waste and turneth it upside down, and scattereth abroad the inhabitants thereof. And it shall be as with the people, so with the priest. As with the servant, so with his master, and on and on. It just kind of goes about, everybody's going to get the same thing. Look in verse uh, 5. The earth also is defiled under the inhabitants thereof, because they have transgressed the laws, changed the ordinance, broken the everlasting covenant. This is happening right now, John. Hmm. What mankind is doing, they're transgressing every law that God created with all the agendas that people have. Verse 6, therefore hath the curse devoured the earth. They that dwell therein are desolate. Remember we talked about generational curses? Yeah. This is what man's brought. Therefore the inhabitants of the earth are burned and few men left. There'll be ashes under their feet, we saw last week. The new wine mourneth, the vine languisheth, all the merry-hearted do sigh. Um, Skip down to verse... 10. The city of confusion is broken down. You know what confusion is? Babel. Hmm, yeah. 
Babylon. Every house is shut up that no man may come in. There's a crying for wine in the streets. All joy is darkened. The mirth of the land is gone. In the city is left desolation, and the gate is smitten with destruction. And the fall of Babylon is described in Revelation 18. When thus it shall be in the midst of the land among the people, there shall be as the shaking of an olive tree, and as the gleaning grapes when the vintage is done. They shall lift up their voice. They shall sing for the majesty of the Lord. They shall cry aloud from the sea. Wherefore, glorify ye the Lord in the fires, even in the name of the Lord God of Israel in the isles of the sea. He's going to burn it up. There's going to be fire everywhere. From the uttermost part of the earth have we heard songs, even glory to the righteous. But I said, my leanness, my leanness, woe unto me. The treacherous dealers have dealt treacherously. Yea, the treacherous dealers have dealt very treacherously. I mean, he said it twice. Mm-hmm. You know, who are the treacherous dealers? Well, watch, verse 17. Fear and the pit and the snare are upon thee, O inhabitant of the earth. And it shall come to pass that he who fleeth from the noise of the fear shall fall into the pit. And I think he's talking about the bottomless pit there. Wow. Um, and he that cometh up out of the midst of the pit shall be taken in the snare. And it could just be hell, but it's still. For the windows from on high are open, and the foundations of the earth do shake. We read about the foundations yeah. under the earth. Yeah. Going to be exposed when the pit is open. Look in verse 19. And he said the foundations do shake. That's this great earthquake. It's not just a typical earthquake. Yeah. It's going to shake the earth so that it turns upside, upside down. down. That's pretty wild. Verse 19, the earth is utterly broken. The earth uh, broken down. The earth is clean, dissolved. The earth is moved exceedingly. He's going to expose all these deep underground things. Hmm. You know? The earth shall reel to and fro like a drunkard and shall be removed like a cottage, and the transgression thereof shall be heavy upon it, and it shall fall and not rise again. And it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord, uh, that the Lord shall punish, watch, the host of the high ones that are on high, the fallen angels, and the kings of the earth upon the earth, the satanic global elite. Mm -hmm. And they shall be gathered together as prisoners are gathered in the pit, and shall be shut up in the prison, and after many days they shall be visited. I think that's thousand-year reign. Many days. Then the moon shall be confounded and the sun ashamed when the Lord of hosts shall reign in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem before his ancients gloriously. These are the events that are going to happen after the sixth seal is opened. Now, to wrap this up, okay. I want to tie something about these things in the pit. Job 26.5. Job 26.5. Job says in verse 5, Dead things are formed from under the waters and the inhabitants thereof. Dead things are formed from under the waters. It's the same word dead there in Hebrew mm-hmm. that was used in Isaiah 14 when he said the dead are stirred up to meet thee at thy coming. He said they're the chief ones in Isaiah 14. Okay. The Hebrew word for the dead there is, do you recognize this? Raphael or Rephaim. Yeah. It's the ghosts of the dead, shades or spirits. But if you, it's the exact same word used for giants. Hmm. And what are the giants? The unclean spirits. Yeah. The disembodied spirits. The two words in Hebrew, there's Raphael and Raphael. And one is translated as dead, and the other is translated as giants. They're the exact same words, but they have two separate Strong's entries. 
That's weird. Yeah. Every spelling, every spelling, every jot tittle. If you look at it, you read from right to left. That symbol there, that symbol, that symbol. That if you compare the two, there's no difference. They're exactly the same. They're exactly the same, and yet in some places it's translated the dead, and in some translate it's playing the giants, like the Amorites. Yeah. And the Raphaim were mm -hmm. giants. Look at Isaiah 26. So when this great earthquake takes place and all these things come up out of the pit in Isaiah 26, verse 13, O Lord our God, other lords beside thee have had dominion over us, but by thee only will we make mention of thy name. They are dead, Rapha, Raphaim, Rapha. Yeah, okay. They shall not live, they are deceased, they shall not rise. Therefore hast thou visited and destroyed them and made all their memory to perish. Now don't get confused. The angels bound in chains are not dead. Yeah. Those are the fallen angels. Those are the fathers of the Rapha, yeah. of the Nephilim. Yeah. You know? I'm starting to rethink my whole idea about the uh, the in giants in the earth in those days and also after that. And I do think, you know, there may be something to a second incursion. Oh wow. Yeah. I'm starting to rethink that. I'm I'm getting more in line with what LA is saying in countermove. You know, mm -hmm. but I can't prove it yet solidly. You know, Ryan's theory is that the, gen, the the bloodline came through Ham, and I've been thinking that was right. Yeah, you know, through Ham's wife. Uh, but uh, there could be something else going on, and it could be a combination. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but I'm just interested in the frame. And notice he said, "Other lords beside thee have had dominion over us." I mean, that's the, that's speaking of the the giants. They had dominion over the men of earth. And God destroyed them and delivered mankind in the flood of Noah. And then people say, ah, you're just talking about a conspiracy theories. Well, they are conspiracy theories. Yeah. And the Bible speaks of conspiracy theories. Okay. That are not theories. Yeah. <laughs> There's a conspiracy. Let's go see it. Jeremiah 11. For, and we'll close. Two more passages. Jeremiah 11, verse 9. If the Lord says it, it's got to be true. And the Lord said unto me, A conspiracy is found among the men of Judah and among the inhabitants of Jerusalem. All right, what is the conspiracy? They are turned back to the iniquities of their forefathers, which refused to hear my words, and they went after other gods mm -hmm. to serve them. You better believe it's a conspiracy theory mm -hmm. of mankind worshiping the gods in secret about to be revealed and brought to the public. The house of Israel and the house of Judah have broken my covenants, which I made with their fathers. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. Then shall the cities of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem go and cry unto the gods unto whom they offer incense. But they shall not save them at all in the time of their trouble. You know why? Because they're dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For according to the number of thy cities were thy gods, O Judah, and according to the number of the streets of Jerusalem have you set up altars to that shameful thing, even altars to burn incense unto Baal. Hmm. And I think ultimately Israel is going to again lead the world in the worship of the other gods. Okay, that's what's coming to me, and that's what's going. That's why it's apostate Jerusalem is mystery Babylon. Okay, you know. And so the other gods would include the fallen angels, and Paul said that they worship devils, which are the unclean spirits. 
Well, look with me in Isaiah 8. We'll go one more time to Isaiah. The word here in Isaiah 8 is translated confederacy, but it's the same word as conspiracy. Okay. So what is a conspiracy? It's a confederation of a secret plan. Okay. Yeah, they're joining yeah, together. Yeah. Okay. So look in verse 5. The Lord spake also unto me again, saying, For as much as this people refuseth the waters of Shiloh, or Shiloh, which is another name for Jesus Christ, okay. living waters. Yeah. Right? This people refuseth the waters of Shiloh, that go softly and rejoice in Rezin and Ramaliah's son. Now, therefore, behold, the Lord bringeth up upon them the waters of the river, strong and many, even the king of Assyria and all his glory. And he shall come up over all his channels and go over all his banks, and he shall pass through Judah. He shall overflow and go over. He shall reach even to the neck. And I think that has something to do with when the revelation says that out of his mouth shall come a flood. Mm-hmm. It's an overflowing water of the of the dragon. Okay. It's a release of all his angel and Nephilim wow. horde, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. He shall overflow and go over. He shall reach even to the neck. And the stretching out of his wings shall fulfill the breadth of thy land, O Emmanuel. And I think it's a reference to Revelation 12. Associate yourselves, O ye people, and ye shall be broken in pieces. And give ear, all ye of far countries. Gird yourselves, and ye shall be broken in pieces. Gird yourselves, and ye shall be broken in pieces. Take counsel together, and it shall come to naught. Speak the word, and it shall not stand, for God is with us. He's talking about all those that collude with the Assyrian here. Okay. All All those that are in counsel together with them, associating themselves with the Antichrist. He's the Assyrian here, right? Verse 11, for the Lord spake thus to me with a strong hand and instructed me that I should not walk in the way of this people, saying, say you not a confederacy, a conspiracy, Mm -hmm. to all them to whom his people shall say a confederacy, neither fear ye their fear, nor be afraid. Sanctify the Lord of hosts himself, and let him be your fear, and let him be your dread, and he shall be for a sanctuary, but for a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. Who's that? Jesus Christ. To both the house of Israel for a gin and for a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. There's going to be some in Jerusalem that are going to be snared and stumble at Jesus Christ. Verse 15, and many among them shall stumble and fall and be broken and be snared and be taken. So there's a conspiracy, a confederacy among the nations and the Rephaim, the giants. Mm -hmm. The king of Assyria is going to lead them. The final Nephilim, Ryan says. Hmm. You know, Ryan Peterson in his book, The Final Nephilim. Yeah. So I do believe there's something to the deep underground military bases. And I do believe they're preparing for the releasing of the fathers of the Nephilim that are chained in the bottomless pit. Yeah. And they want to bring them forth because they know they're going to need them to fight the Lord from heaven who's coming back. And you think there's a collusion between government and fallen angels slash disembodied spirits which are actually you know yeah um aliens right that's one theory yeah one possibility and i I think the aliens could be both the fallen angels and the disembodied spirits in these host bodies yeah yeah uh, which la LA and others agree with yeah la marzulli pretty interesting yeah so um absolutely it is a um it's very plausible that the deep underground military bases exist not just in this country 
but certainly here. Yeah. And it all ties back to probably the crash landing in Roswell. Well, there's so many things in what you just showed in here about references to underneath or yeah. underground or... Un there's a lot going in the on waters, there. Yeah. In the waters, too. Really interesting. Hmm. Yeah, and like is there some subterranean aquas portal that they use to come up out of the middle of the ocean? Yeah. Because if they travel through a generated gravity field, there's no pressure to crush them at yeah. the bottom of the ocean. Hmm. You know, they wouldn't have any, it would be like warp drive technology. Yeah. That's something. So many things seem to be coming to light, you know, and we could be completely way off, but what we know is, <laughs> what we're not off about is the Lord is returning. Yeah. And the only name under heaven whereby men might be saved is Jesus Christ. So if you're listening to this and you find it disturbing, you can get comfort in having, knowing you have a Savior. Absolutely. Yeah. John, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for doing all the research. That's very interesting. <laughs> well, thank the Lord for putting it in his word. Yeah. And, you know, I just pray if anything I said is not in one accord with his word, that it be removed from the hearing, you know, that it be taken. Uh, we're, we're guessing at a lot of stuff, but we're trying to draw yeah. conclusions based upon what the word of God says. Yeah. So we're trying our best. There's people that have complained that we're, you know, drawing too much speculation. Well, there's a lot of speculation. Well, I think, I think as long as you qualify by saying, hey, we are speculating mm -hmm. here, right? Because we don't know everything. We're trying to interpret, interpret something that yeah. is, a, is a mystery, right? Yeah, and, it's, and they're hiding this truth from us. So until the Lord yep. comes back, we won't know fully what they've done yep. until he tells us. Hmm. So even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. <laughs> and thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please consider subscribing to our premium ad-free content at BibleMysteriesPodcast.com. Hey, thanks again for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode and we so much appreciate you sharing with others and your friends and tell them about the show. And we'd also love it if you'd one more time consider joining Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast as a subscriber. Absolutely. And keep in mind that your subscription helps us get the word out to as many people as we can possibly reach. So we appreciate you partnering with us. Don't forget it's BibleMysteries.Supercast.com. And thanks again for joining us today.